Health Affairs named its 2023 Euro Health Policy Wonk If contest winner. Lin Chuang took top honors for her submission. It was, Your toddler tells you their sick stuffed animal needs to see the doctor, and your first concern is if they are overutilizing care. This is Pulse Check. I'm Evan Peng. On Monday, Eli Lilly's experimental Alzheimer's drug, donanumab, showed promise in late-stage trial data. In the Phase 3 trial, the drug slowed cognitive decline by 22% to 29% compared to the placebo after 76 weeks. Lilly has applied for FDA approval, which could make donanumab the second traditionally approved Alzheimer's drug this year. Lilly expects to hear from the FDA by the end of 2023. The House Veterans Affairs Health Subcommittee is set to mark up a number of bills that would boost veterans' health care. One bill would establish a pilot program offering assisted living to veterans, and another would establish a pilot to help reduce veteran suicide. The legislation comes after the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee considered companion measures last week. The Medicare Physician Fee Schedule CMS has proposed is drawing mixed reactions. Ben Leonard is here to explain the agency's proposals for 2024 doctor pay and policies, including cuts to Medicare payments, changes to hospital price transparency, and expanded telehealth access. Thanks for having me. So CMS recently released the proposed physician's fee schedule, which lays out how the agency proposes to pay doctors in the Medicare system in 2024. One of the most controversial provisions was a proposed 3.3% pay cut for doctors. So what was the reaction to that? Yeah, so it's similar to what we saw play out last year during the omnibus spending deal. Doctors are upset about this. They're arguing that it would hurt these efforts to boost primary care doctors' pay and hurt prospects for value-based care. So we can really expect to see a lot of lobbying going forward on this to try to get a fix. This decision sort of underscores what the difficult decision CMS has to face. CMS has to abide by the statutory formula in terms of spending rates, so they have these obligations to cut spending, but they also want to incentivize doctor behavior. So it's sort of a, a difficult place CMS is in. Both parties in Congress are looking to improve doctor pay to sort of reverse this trend of practices closing or merging with hospitals. So there's been a lot of frustration with this from doctors, from the American Medical Association in particular, and this is not going to be the last we hear about it before they finalize this rule. Another big topic of discussion on the Hill has been price transparency. What is CMS proposing on that front? Yeah, so after CMS required more price transparency beginning in 2021, CMS is now proposing significant changes to the way that hospitals post their prices for services. So the the law had required that hospitals post their prices, but there wasn't really necessarily a standardized way that they've been having to do it. So right now it can be fairly confusing. The goal of this is to sort of increase competition and that through this transparency so that consumers can understand the costs and they think that this could ultimately help reduce costs in the long run. So they're proposing to the sort of template that they already have out, but it's not required right now. It's voluntary. So they're proposing this template that hospitals would have to follow. Expanding telehealth has been a rare bipartisan consensus issue in Congress. What did CMS say on telehealth in this proposal? A number of fairly significant wins for telehealth, which just keep coming for telehealth and the telehealth industry. They're proposing sort of boosting telehealth payment rates for providers that are offering virtual care to patients in their homes. And they're saying they're doing this because doctors 
doctors are having to keep up their physical office space while also providing a significant amount of telehealth. So it helps kind of adjust for these costs. And despite this sort of boost in payment rate, CMS doesn't expect that its costs will rise substantially overall, despite these sort of the boosted payment. There was also another significant, not necessarily telehealth specifically, but tied to it is remote patient monitoring. They're allowing federally qualified health centers and rural health clinics to bill separately for remote patient monitoring because before it was just sort of included under this all-inclusive payment that these clinics had been receiving, but now they can bill separately for it. This should help incentivize more people, more of these clinics and health centers to use remote patient monitoring because it gives them more resources to do so. Also on remote monitoring, it did keep in place these rules that CMS had established at the end of the public health emergency, which limited remote patient monitoring to established patients or those that had been using it before the emergency had ended. And was there anything else that stood out to you as you looked through the document? Yeah, so they maintained a lot of the telehealth eased rules through the end of 2024, sort of following along with Congress. There were a lot of these sorts of things where they were implementing Congress's will from the last appropriations bill, including paying for intensive outpatient care from opioid treatment programs starting January 1st and creating a new benefit category for intensive outpatient care. Another thing that I've heard was a significant win for the telehealth industry was allowing doctors to fulfill requirements in terms of supervising the certain medical services virtually through the end of 2024. So those are some of the other things. And then what's next for the proposal? The agency's taking comments through September 11th, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of lobbying in the months to come, and we'll see a lot of comments out there. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes next. All right. Thanks for talking with us about the CMS proposal, Ben. Thanks for having me. And before you go, register to join Politico on Thursday, July 20th at 4 p.m. to discuss how gene therapies could transform healthcare and increase access to treatments with speakers including Peter Marks of the FDA, Joni Rutter of the NIH, and Tom Hogan of Pfizer. You can register for this event at politico.com slash nextgenhealthcare. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Evan Peng. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 